When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go. Yeah, no, I I remember when when I moved to Harlem. Cause I, cause I had that five bedroom apartment with four yeah, strangers. The frat my room. Yeah. And I thought my room was like a pretty decent size. I'm like, hmm, thousand dollars a month. Like I can not touch both walls. Like the dresser fits in here as well as the bed. Like this is okay. Uh, New York City okay. is criminally expensive sometimes. Oh yeah. I actually, I specifically remember I, I was on a cruise. I must've been like 12 years old when I heard this joke. <laughs> But okay. you know, you know, cruises they have those tiny little cabin rooms. Oh, and the yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this guy's whole opening joke was like, Yeah, everybody's getting on the ship from like Texas, Oregon. They're looking around, being like, Oh, this room is kind of cramped. People walk in from New York, I'm like, Oh my god, look at this place! <laughs> it's yeah, huge. <laughs> there was one comedian who used to go around New York, the New York comedy scene. He'd be like, So, my name's so and so. I live in a really small New York City apartment. You know how small the apartment is? It's five by ten. You know how small that is? I'm two by six. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, if you haven't figured it out already, Allison is not here this week. Uh, we've yeah. been in we've been in a scheduling nightmare for the past couple of weeks because Allison's a very busy busy person, um, and and I also have school, class, whatever. Um, school and class are the same thing. School, work, all that stuff. Uh, so this week we're joined by Josh Benjamin returning. What's for, happening, guys? Yeah, returning. Uh, this got to be like fourth, fifth time on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, right around there, like, like four or five. Yeah. Yeah, it seems about right. This is episode 128 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. And Josh and I actually have another project coming out soon. We do. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could throw this up on the channel when when we're done here. Yeah. Well, give the people an intro, Josh. Give the people an intro. I know you're on the spot. I put you on the spot, but give them an intro. So folks, new venture. We've only got a couple videos up there. It's uh, me and a couple of uh, current and former ESNY guys. We're going to hopefully going to be adding uh, throughout the year. Uh, It is Five Point Sports Sports Network. You can find us on YouTube and Twitter at Five Point Sports. Only got a couple videos up there. You'll have my uh, you'll have me and James talking about opening day. You'll have my quick reaction to the Yankees Red Sox series. Uh, still a very raw product, but we're working on it. We're going through the growing pains, but stick around. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and all of the video and, and, from and, these podcasts will be right. on that on the that official, YouTube, the official YouTube home of Bleacher Creatures. Welcome aboard. Yeah, so if if you want to not only listen to me talk about baseball, but also look at my stupid face, there it is. There it is, yeah. right there. You can just look at me for an hour, just my, not my, not my really stupid. moving at all. My stupid old face and your stupid thin mint sloving face. Oh, shut up. I, I feel prom- like, I feel I like knowing myself I wouldn't make a thin mint joke, but I couldn't resist. I feel like knowing that this is going to go on YouTube now. Like I should be here, like being more expressive and throwing my hands up in talk, the air. Yeah, talk with your knowing, hands like a true Yeah, New Yorker. Yeah, like 
Come on. Hey. Yeah, there's a place to start. Joey Gallo. Oh, no. Can we not? Oh, God. What do you want to start with, Josh? What What do you want to talk okay. about besides Joey Gallo, the all biggest right, story so, of the week? Actually, second so, biggest scarecrow. So all of Joey Gallo's struggles aside, he is still making very good contact with the ball, which, and James, I think you and I very briefly talked about this over text, is that at this point in the season, compared to last year, the Yankees as a whole are taking much cleaner swings. It's not generating the desired results, but they're working the count better. They're making better contact with the ball. They're putting that ball in play with authority to the point where not everything seems lost. I did a little deep dive uh, after the Orioles series. By this point last season, the Yankees had already been on a three-game losing streak, Mm. had kind of been all over the place offensively. The only thing that this team is doing worse than last year's Yankees through 11 games is scoring runs. That's all they aren't doing. And that kind of tracks with something Jeff Passan said today. Offense is down across the board. It's April. Let's not hit the panic button. No, no reason to hit the panic button. But we know how Yankee fans get with every single game. We know how they are in the first, you know, Aaron Hicks has a first, a bad first three games. And at this point, he's the best hitter on the team. These small sample sizes mean nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm looking for a few things. I'm looking for pitchers. I'm looking, are they getting whiffs? Are they loading up with strikes? Are they, as, as does their stuff look good? Is their velocity up or down? How is the spin rate? How is the curve ball? And first of all, Clark Schmidt, very cool. good in all those car- categories. Yes, and yeah, and for for hitting, I'm like, are they at least hitting the ball hard? Are they swinging at good pitches? Like it's way too early to be worrying about like, oh, Joey Gallo has a 188 batting average. Well, he's hitting the ball hard and he's swinging at good pitches. Not, not It'll that. level it is, out. It'll it, level out. It has been the tried and true case of Joey Gallo ever since he became an everyday Major League Baseball player that he is going to strike out, draw walks, and hit home runs. He doesn't do anything else. He just doesn't. Why yeah. are we getting on him for doing literally doing his job? Yeah, and and you know, at the end of the year, and I know this was a big debate today because of Gary Sheffield Jr., who, despite oh, being God. the son of a major league baseball player, who by the way had a very good weighted runs created plus, just has no idea what analytics are, or just doesn't care, or just wants to. He just realizes his audience is people who don't care about analytics, so he just says, "Okay, they don't exist to me either." It's too early. It's too early for analytics. At the end of the year, Joey Gallo is probably going to be around a 120 weighted runs created plus. That's good. Guess what? 20% above league average at creating runs by the math. We don't have to worry about it. If I had a dollar for every time I had done, I was doing the the Gary age show almost every day last year when, uh, when Joey Gallo was when the trade rumors start flying and when Joey Gallo was like, okay, this is going to be a Yankee every single day. I was hopping on and saying, Old school Yankee fans are going to hate watching Joey Gallo play baseball. But at the end of the year, I promise you, he will have good numbers. If there's one thing about Joey Gallo that that we can say is that he is probably the most frustrating guy to watch on the Yankees because, and I learned, and I realized this from a friend of mine who is a Yankees fan and also works as a hitting coach. Um, He has one mechanical flaw in his swing here. We're going to use the highlighter as an example. So with the really small bat here. Because video. We got video now. (laughs) So with Anthony Rizzo, you'll see him when he's taking a swing. He always keeps his bat level. It's real smooth, real, like, real, like, he's kind of brushing the table and staying level as he flies off the table. Joey Gallo at the last possible second, right through there, tilts the bat upwards. 
And he's going for the home run ball because that's, that's right. his game. That's his that, game. That's right. He tilts it very ever so upwards at the last sec, at the last possible second, opens up his hips. And that's why you have those really high launch angles with that really high exit velocity. But even still, he's making hard contact with the ball. Yeah. He's and we don't have to worry. In job. fact, he's, he is striking out less statistically, but it doesn't I mean, matter I, I, because I mean, it's, after, after last night, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. After last night, we'll see. But he is striking out less statistically so far through the year. Guess what? Doesn't matter. It's only been 11 days. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's how much can you complain about Joey Gallo? You want him to strike out less? Okay. I'm striking out less I mean, than last year. It's still going to be a lot. It's still going to be a lot. Not to name drop on here, but I had a, I had a chat with John Yastrzemski recently of the New York, New York podcast on The Ringer. And I asked him, like, what is it with Yankees fans? Why are they so negative? And he said, look, I think that to be perfectly honest with you, that once Garrett Cole was signed, the Yankees fans thought that was that's the missing piece. It doesn't that's work like that done. anymore. It just but doesn't. It's not, it's not even that. Then there was the COVID season. Then there was 2021 where it was very clear, like everyone was pressing. Marcus Tims kind of ruined the team. And now it's and now it's a much more standard level-headed approach it's 11 games in Like you got to give this team time to find its groove. The fact, like I said, there are cleaner swings all over the place right now. Why? Like that's already a great sign. This is a better team compared to last year. Oh, it's undoubtedly a better it's team not close. than last year. It's undoubtedly the offense on paper is undoubtedly better than it was last year on paper. Right. And like the, the runs aren't going to translate themselves yet, but the, they'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to translate. It's not like, yeah, it's not like Josh Donaldson forgot how to walk. He's just off to a slow start. It's not like Joey Gallo is all of a sudden now trying to become a contact hitter. It's just small sample size, man. Let the whole season play out. Let a month go by and then look at the stats and say, are we noticing any trends? You're going to find out that the Yankees offense is a lot better than it was last year. And not even to mention that last year you got absurd underperformances from guys like Gio Urshela, uh, from a guy like Glaber Torres, who is underperforming again this year so far. Yeah. Uh, and, and Gary Sanchez is having a pretty good year for Minnesota so far, which again, it's early. We never know what can happen. I mean, Glaber Torres with him. I mean, he's another one of those hard contact guys where he's hitting the ball hard, but he's just swinging at way too many balls out of the zone. As yeah. Luis Severino gives up an RBI. Single he's pressing. Torres. That's, you know, one of those, those, non-stats that you can kind of look at and be like, okay, it kind of feels like Gleyber Torres is trying a little bit too hard because like he knows he should be doing better. He's kind of, he's anxious at the plate. He's looking for pitches to drive. It's like, you got to just, that's, that's yeah. when as a manager, you say, you just got to take a couple of days off, man. Take a couple of days I, off. I mean, Torres fake also has to, has to know when it comes to the Yankees infield right now, he's the odd man out. Isaiah kiner Well, yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Isaiah kiner Falefa. He's not having the sexy. He's not having the sexiest stats, but he's having great at bats. He's making good contact, using the whole field. And Torres has to know Anthony Volpe's knocking on the door, so that if Brian Cashman decides in June, July, whenever that he wants another pitcher, Torres is probably going to be the first one to go. Well, who would want him? Who would want him? Well, well, I mean, you have you have to hope that he's that he's going to at least improve somewhat beforehand. Yeah, maybe, but I know everybody was throwing him in in trade proposals for uh, Frankie Montas. Like, what possible reason would the Oakland Athletics have for Glaber Torres? What what use oh, could they put Glaber Torres to? Yeah, they don't care about that. Clearly, they had three thousand people in the ballpark yesterday. That doesn't matter to them at all. No, the the, the A's are doing the classic. They're doing the classic maneuver of tearing down a team and doing the absolute bare minimum to sell tickets just so they can try and get more sympathy for a new stadium. Yeah, but just just to you know, bring it back, bring it back to topic. 
Yeah. The Yankees are better. Josh Donaldson is an enormous upgrade over Gio Urshela. That's huge. a great addition to the locker room. Yeah, I, I kind of I like the fire a little bit. I think we're going to see it at some point this year where if the Yankees aren't going to get in ruts, like I felt like last year we were just going through the motions for half the year. And then we did have that really good stretch in July and August. And then we went back yeah. to going through the motions. I'm like, that's not that's not going to fly this year. Josh Donaldson's going to freak out if if he feels like people are going through the motions or not really yeah. putting the work in or just being yeah. like, whatever, we're the Yankees. We're going to be in the playoffs anyway, which is definitely not a guarantee because the Blue Jays look nasty. The Red Sox offense is legit. Their pitching stinks, though. The Rays are always the Rays. So it's not a definite. You're not definitely going to end up in the playoffs this year. Like The, the American these- League East is the meat grinder of Major League Baseball. Yeah, and the Yankees just can't beat the Baltimore Orioles. That's infuriating. How many times did we see that graphic this weekend when it was like, oh, well, this was the Rays record. I think the Rays have won like 18 straight games against the Baltimore Orioles, and we're playing 500 bowling. It's April. Why are we stressing about the Orioles right now? I had a nice Twitter conversation with a great friend of the pod, Max Greenfield, on Twitter. And by conversation, I mean, we tweeted back and forth at each other maybe twice. And And he said, like, this is a really, yeah, like, some of these losses are really bad, but it's April. These are when you want to have those losses. You don't want to have these losses in August when it could literally kill your momentum. Yeah, no, that's that's big for momentum. But I know when you do look back at the season as a whole and you look back and you say, okay, we played pretty much 500 ball against the Baltimore Orioles like we did last year. And then you can look back at these games in April and say, how did we score one run? off them in one game and zero runs off them in another. We lost a two or three series in those two games. We scored one total yeah. run. How did that happen? How did that happen? Because that's where the difference is. It's not like we're getting right. blown out by the Baltimore Orioles. It's not like, you know, they have Grayson Rodriguez, their top pitching prospect come up and it's like, Oh, this guy is just legit right away. And he was great. And he just dominated the Yankees. It's like, okay, that was a very well pitched game from Grayson Rodriguez. It's just, yeah. When you were looking at the series, it felt like what, are we doing what is going on right. with the offense right was, now because that was when the balls weren't getting hit hard against yeah, the blue were. jays and the red sox we were at least hitting the ball hard and hitting into right. really bad luck against the orioles we weren't hitting at all yeah we were like i think i wonder if the team just kind of got in its head about baltimore last year and just started pressing a lot it certainly could be uh, and granted the umpiring towards the back end of the Friday night game wasn't the best. Tom Halley absolutely gave a few, I want to go home calls. Oh, he stinks. Yeah. I he mean, stinks. Umpi- umpiring across the board is so bad. It's, it's kind of disgusting, but so I, I don't even care about the robo umps. Like give them, give them. I actually, I talked to, uh, I'm doing a story on the Atlantic league right now. I just talked to one of the ducks outfielders, Daniel Fields. You know, nice. saying like, yeah, like once they once they recalibrated the automatic strike zone, because originally like they were getting a lot more north south instead of east west and pitchers. And then, were and then, there, was, and, then there was that one viral clip of the ball that was like two feet out of the zone that the machine somehow called for a strike. Yeah. Once once they recalibrated it, it was like, OK, like this is actually really good. Like I know where the strike zone is. I don't have to look back to the umpire and say, is that as far as you're going to go today? Is that as high yeah. as you're going to go? Are you sure that was a strike? Because it wasn't when our guy was out there. You don't have to do that anymore because it's just a robot. And when I watch a guy like Tom Hallian call a game or, or Jerry you know, Lane tonight or Jerry Lane or Angel Hernandez, obviously, um, it's it's like this is this is affecting the outcome. I know like part of it is like, yeah, it's the human element of baseball, but right. I don't want to keep human sitting element here. becomes a liability, then it's a problem. Yeah, it's one thing to like miss a call and we get those umpire scorecards and who knows how accurate they actually are with 
guess, yeah. guessing how many runs did you actually get back for this blown call, this blown call, this blown call? What were the odds that those runs were actually going to score? But when you look at the called strikes out of the zone and the and the balls that were called strikes and the strikes that were called balls, it's like this strike zone is not even consistent. It wasn't even the same batter to batter because you got one ball right next to each other. You could say even three inches off the plate. One of them was called a ball. One of them was called a strike. How, or how are you as a hitter supposed to say, okay, like I recognize that pitch out there. That's going to be called the ball because it was just called the ball. And then it comes right back and now it's a strike. And that takes the bat out of the hitter's hands. That takes the offense out of the game when you do that. And of course you can go the other way where you, quote unquote, put more offense in by calling more balls and strikes. But again, nobody wants to see a walk. It's like playing slow pitch softball. Like I'm not here to walk. All right. Yeah. I mean, I drew a bunch of walks playing slow pitch softball because the pitching was that bad. Yeah, uh, no, it, it's just I swing out of the zone, man. Just do it. You're not yeah, there to walk. Fine. You're there to hit dingers. Let's shift back to not Josh Donaldson, but his new best friend, his new best dad friend, because apparently the kids are having play dates, Garrett Cole. <sighs> You do not look optimistic about this. No, I'm I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Not yeah, not with, very frustrating. Not specifically with Garrett Cole because I know Garrett Cole is so good. He's gonna figure it out. I'm not yes. worried about that in the slightest. He was even after the Spider Tack ban. There was like a two game bump where he was like, okay, like I'm just figuring my stuff out again, and then he yeah. was dominant. Right. But <laughs> the reactions to Garrett Cole are just the Sal Licata. Who is this is one of the things that really drives me crazy. These guys who are like on WFN and I don't want to call Keith out because Keith's been good to me, but like he did the yeah. same thing today. And it's so frustrating yeah. to be like, you know, you're just going for a reaction right now. Like you're, you're hurting your own credibility looking for a reaction when you're saying, but is Garrett Cole washed? He came in second in Cy Young voting. Also six months ago starts. It is April three starts three starts. Yeah, guess what? His command isn't perfect yet. They had a shortened spring training. It might have messed him up. I have zero, zero concern about Garrett Cole. I have zero concern about him finding his command again. The stuff is fine. The stuff is still fine. Yeah. And guess what? Against Toronto, he might have hung one to Vladdy the first time, but that second pitch was beautiful. That was an inside fastball in off the yeah. plate, and Vladdy yeah. was just said, I don't care. It's gone. What? Garrett Cole even said, like, I have to tip my cap to Vladdy Guerrero because – it was Vladdy a perfect Guerrero, pitch. It was a yeah, perfect pitch. Not, not just that. Vladdy Guerrero is an elite hitter. He is going to have several MVP trophies in his future. There's like, sometimes a guy just owns you. And that, and Vladdy had that kind of night. G-Man Choi. Every yeah. time. Every time Garrett Cole pitches against him. All this to say, Garrett Cole's going to be fine. He's got to stop with the excuses, though. Like, oh, like. That was, like, that was a little bit annoying. The Billy yeah. Crystal thing, especially. Like, oh. all right, last night it was cold. Like. I know what it's like to play baseball in the cold. It okay. sucks. Okay, it sucks. but how? But like the like Clark Schmidt and the rest of the guys didn't have any issues controlling the zone. What's Cole's excuse? No, yeah, I, I mean it's not it's not good to throw an excuse out there, but I can at least look at it and be like, all right, like clearly there was an outside factor that was affecting you, like at yeah. least slightly. You never had the command anyway this year to begin with, but like clearly right. there was an outside factor that was at play. The yeah. Billy Crystal thing was absurd. That was, that was ridiculous. Every New Yorker's favorite uncle. Don't, don't diss him like that. Yeah. But also just be like, Oh, we're starting four minutes late. Okay. That, that messed up my whole start. Like what do you do when you're on the road? It didn't mess up your whole start. You had to pitch four minutes late. You started working too fast. It's not messing up your whole start. 
Yeah, and and again, the control was never there to begin with. You didn't have it. You Derek didn't have it in game two. You didn't going, have it in game three. He's going to be fine. He's got a big matchup with Shane Bieber coming up on Sunday. You know the adrenaline's going to be pumping through him for that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it gets fixed on Sunday. To be honest, I think it's going to be. Think, a, I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be a little while longer. I would. I would give him a full month before I'm like, okay, this is. This is Cy Young Cole that we have here. I'm not saying that for the rest of the month, he's going to be as bad as he was for right. the first he's three gonna, starts. It's going to be an ugly start, but I have a feeling that in the next start, he's going to have like... He's going to be a little bit better and a little bit gonna, better. Someone's going to someone's going to come together for him. Yeah, and then we're going to look at him on like May 15th and be like, do you believe people were worried about Garrett Cole? This guy is the nastiest pitcher in the league right now, assuming Jacob DeGrom is still out at that time. This guy's yeah. the nastiest pitcher in the league right now. Well, you, remember when you were worried about him? Ha! Fool. You're Don't a fool. Dude, I left a Yankees group chat on Sunday because everyone was like, this team sucks. Blow it up. Aaron Judge isn't a leader. Mind you, I one hate of, it. I mind hate you, it. Mind you, one of the people in that group chat is a former college baseball player who like knows the ins and outs of the game very well. That doesn't mean he knows the, the analytics, though. He's, no, 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 that's, he, no he, do, he does know okay. the analytics. So what is he complaining about then? He knows because, better. Like, because Yankees fans are overly emotional ever since 2019. Like, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. It is it is overly PTSD. emotional. But also, I need – I've said this about a billion times on this podcast. I need Yankee fans to take a step back, okay? So take a step that's back. Realize, realize, understand that analytics very much changed the way that poor teams go about their business. They are better at developing talent than they've ever been. They are able to take those three years off, stack up prospects, and put together a very good team, perfectly designed the way they want them. And guess what? The playoffs are a crapshoot. They are. It's all about who got hot at the right time. Eddie Rosario last year for the Braves is the definition, the textbook definition of an average major league hitter. And he got hot at the right time. So did A.J. Minter. So did... You're quoting Mike Francesa, who these days rarely ever has a good take. He said years ago in the playoffs, it's never the best team. It's the hottest It's always who gets hot at the right time. That's why you're not seeing Brian Cashman go out and be like, well, we didn't win last year. I guess we have to go sign Carlos Correa like George Steinbrenner would have done. Guess what? George Steinbrenner was not a good owner. He He really wasn't. wasn't. He He was a bad owner. People real like so often forget, and probably because a lot of fans today weren't uh, weren't alive to see this. In the 1980s, with he went out and got Dave Winfield, and then when that didn't work, George Steinbrenner literally gutted the farm system to the point where he had to. It took him being literally banned from baseball for over a year just so Gene Michael could start a proper rebuild. Exactly, took, George Steinbrenner was a terrible owner, but because. This was, you know, pre-analytics. Poor teams didn't have the same resources that rich teams had. You had the luxury, if you're the Yankees, to say, hey, look at all these numbers that Johnny Damon and Jason Giambi put up in Oakland. Like, let's go sign them. Well, let's take them. And we can pay them a lot of money, but the A's can't. But nowadays, the A's can say, hey, look at the numbers this guy's putting up in double A. Look at the way he, he, look at his exit velocity. Look at his contact rate. Look at his launch angle. We can stash that guy. We can stash him and then put together a really good team of extremely affordable assets. And then if we have to, we can build around it. We can add pieces that we see fit. That's how it works nowadays. That's why poor teams are good now. And that's why when you get to the postseason, it's 
think about it this way. The Orioles just took two or three from us. The Detroit Tigers swept us last year. Bad yeah. teams win in baseball all the time. The difference between the best team in the league and the worst team in the league, it's not that much. It really isn't that much. And then you have teams like the Rangers. First off, no team is a poor team. If you're owned by a billionaire, exactly. you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're not yeah. a poor team. All, then, there's no such thing as a small market baseball team, only small market owners. But what you do see with teams like the Texas Rangers, you have teams that take all that luxury tax money and reinvest it in player development, in analytics, keep yes. putting that money, putting that money, putting that money into the system more and more so that at some point you can spend half a billion dollars on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And you have the pieces around to say, you know what, like our, our minor league pitching is like pretty solid. We feel really good because we also just got Jack lighter. Like we can see yeah. the writing is on the wall there. We can see over the next four or five years, what that could look like. So let's go sign these, like what the Padres did with, yep. I hate Eric Hosmer. I hate him. <laughs> He's the worst, but they, there was no reason for them to sign Eric Hosmer, say if it was 20 years ago, because you don't know what you have in these prospects, but now you can look back and say like, okay, look, like we have this guy, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's pretty good. We have an idea. We want, we want to go get Trent Grisham. We think he's a lot better than he was in, in Milwaukee. We think he's better than that. We have, you know, Will Myers was already on the team, but you know, we think Will Myers can be better. And we have Mackenzie Gore and we have all these young assets. Like let's go sign Eric Hosmer, be bad for two years with him as our first baseman. Guess what? Opens up the door to sign Manny Machado. Now Fernando Tatis Jr. has come up. Now Mackenzie Gore has come up this year. And Mackenzie Gore has looked fantastic. In two I, didn't, I did not see any of his pitching highlights. I got to go, I gotta go He's, watch. He, he was good today. It, the command is still a little bit shaky, uh, but the stuff is, is really nice. And when he dots 96 right on the black of the plate, whoo, it's nice. It sizzles. Um, but yeah. It but, just feels good to have baseball back. Yeah, it's so good. I was, I did a, I did a podcast with Dillard Barnhart a couple weeks ago and mm -hmm. he was, he was just looking for somebody to have on a podcast. I was like, Hey man, I'm like, I'll do it. Like if you haven't gotten anybody else, like it's fine. I'll, I'm down to talk. He's like, yeah, let's go for like half an hour. Just talk about, you know, the Yankees or whatever else you feel comfortable with. And like, this was, this was like three days into the season and two hours later, we're still just like talking about every team in baseball. I'm like, I missed this. This is what I live for right as, here. As Aaron Judge rips a uh, yeah, I saw that. double down the line. That, that was, was good. That, that was, was good. a beautiful swing. Got a little on top of it, but. Yeah, that's, that's fine. He lifted yeah. it enough. Yeah. All, all this to say, like, we definitely saw this last night. The Tigers, along with the Blue Jays, are one of, those team, one of the teams that have definitely uh, worked a lot on infield positioning. The Tigers are another perfect example of that philosophy, too, where you go out yeah. and you sign Javi Baez knowing that you know Casey Mize is establishing himself. Uh, Spencer Torkelson is about to come up. You've got some other Spencer assets Torkelson in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you sign Javi Baez, you don't know Spencer Torkelson's going to be on the roster yet. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, and then you get spring training. And it's like, oh yeah, like Spencer Torkelson. He's ready. He's ready. Javi Let's Baez, throw him on there. Javi Baez is so bad though. Yeah, that was that was dumb. That was really dumb. And and <laughs> it's like it felt like they just missed on Correa. Like they offered him two hundred seventy-five million, which is a it's not enough for Carlos Correa, but it was like a very decent offer the best offer that he did in the, get in the old tiger stadium. That's a great signing in Comerica park. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, it's, it's the best offer he got. So they definitely tried and then they panicked and they were like, we didn't get him. We have to go get someone else. How about Javi Baez? Uh, uh, you know, what we got to talk about. We got to talk about nasty Nestor. Oh yeah. Oh I my God. Me some Nestor. A turtle daddy. I love, well, he donated the turtle. No, 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 no. He's still Bronx's dad. Always will be. Okay, well, he gave Bronxy up for adoption. 
<laughs> he gave him away. But fine, no, it's a, it's fine. It, it would have yeah. been unfair for Nestor to keep the turtle being on the road, having right. to get it through yeah. customs. Yeah. It would have been unfair to the turtle. I'm sure he has a very happy home. I think he's at like a, a community at, he, center in the Bronx yeah, now. Yeah, he is. He's like, yeah. it's like literally down the block from Yankee Stadium. He's got a great looking tank. He's yeah, he's, but he's no, Nest, Nestor Cortez Jr., I love it. He went from an inside joke on Yankees Twitter to just yeah. being like an actual frontline starter. And it's not, it's not like he just had a good 2021. It was just like, he figured it out. He's, he figured he, it out. He learned spin rate on all his pitches. Yeah. And, and he learned how to, he got better at balancing so he could mess with timing and the That's way right. he deploys his arsenal, which let's be honest, like the arsenal is not great. For Nestor Cortez, the no, fast, the spin rate's solid, but you know the velocity is very much down. It's not a, yeah, he's not a fireballer, but it, it is all that deception that he's got going on now. What, what's that the that average feel on it? Like, is, is he even hitting ninety one? Ninety one sounds right. Yeah, I would say I would say ninety or ninety one for the yeah. fastball. Yeah, it's it's not going to power anybody away, but you're <laughs> sitting there listening to like, here's Nestor Cortez. He's got twelve strikeouts today. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, almost, I almost started a Twitter campaign on Sunday. Hey, like, just, just give him the all-star game right now. Nestor Cortez is starting the all-star game. Yeah, he could have been an all-star last year. He finished the year with a sub three. He did. He really did. Oh, in, like, God. a lot of innings, not in, like, 30 innings. Like, he Matt, pitched a lot of innings last year. I got, this means we have to, I have to get a Matt Blake jersey. Someone, Matt Blake someone, is awesome. Someone should get a awesome. Matt Blake Matt Blake, Matt Blake fixed Nestor. He fixed Clark Schmidt. He maybe... Fix Davy. We got to see it at the major league level, but I will say Davy looked a lot better in spring training than he has yeah. in the past, uh, and, and then he definitely in did in 2021. Yeah, uh, so yes, yeah, because he's not with Matt Blake anymore, so <laughs> he needs Matt Blake back. Tyone uh, looks really good this year. Tyone looks great. Uh, Luis Severino even tonight looked very, very strong. Very, very yeah, strong. He gave up a little too much hard contact to start the second inning, but he he settled down nicely. Well, he's he's always given up hard contact. He's very much like Cole right. in that way, where it's, yes, he is. It's like the it's like the reverse Joey Gallo. Like I'm either going to strike you out or you're going to make like hard fly ball contact. Well, that yeah, well, that that's just like a, the nature of fastball pitchers, I think. Yeah, but a lot of time when you're looking at Luis Severino, you're like, you know what? Like mm -hmm. this looks really good. The stuff looks really good. He looks healthy. That's the big thing. He looks like he could go to like 80 pitches. He looks strong. I, yeah. That's huge. And, and Sevy hasn't gotten enough love this year either because everyone's so concerned about, first of all, Nestor Cortez being the ace. Second of all, Garrett Cole not being good right now. Like Sevy has just flown under the radar. Phil Hughes even tweeted, like, if this is the Severino the Yankees are getting, watch out. Yeah, because this is Max has been saying this for two years. The Yankees have one of the best rotations in baseball, and it's really so do. deep. Look at Luis Heel, Michael King, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia. You I, have I, options I, in the I, minor I, leagues, too. On, James Jason, I just want to take this time to personally apologize to yes, Michael King. Yes, do it. Do it. Last, last time we talked, you I messed was, up. You uh, messed up. Man, did I mess up. You messed up big to... time. <laughs> wow. You're, you're, you're not letting me live this one down. I right? told you while we were talking, I was like, <laughs> Doubt Michael King one more time. Just do it. Go <laughs> ahead. Say it again. Say again. Michael King's not good. Say it do again. You, do you want me to say Michael King's not good one more time, just so you can properly yeah. tee up on me right now? Okay. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. While you're giving your apology, I'm just gonna pull up that text from the other night. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Give your apology, Josh. So Give your apology. Want, <laughs> Jesus Christ, James. All right. <laughs> so, I really want to personally apologize. To, I'm. I'm even holding the microphone right now to personally apologize. To Michael King, he of the blazing through the minor through 
three minor league levels all in one season. I was so unfair to you. I expected Cy Young things out of you when you just really needed all that time to learn how to pitch. Bases loaded, nobody out to striking out uh, George Springer, Beau Bichette into the double play. I, I wanted to scream, but that would have woken my baby. But Michael King, I am ever, ever so sorry. I never should have doubted you. Please keep doing awesome things out of the bullpen and abandon all hopes of being a starter. Yes, this is this comes, let's see, 12 days after <laughs> I received a text message from Josh with all caps and bullhorn emoji on each side. Mike King is garbage. And I said, <laughs> I mean, that's a cheap run on bad contacts, sir. Runner on second rule oh, and oh, flick the base true? hit. You can't put that on him. Sweeper looked pretty good. That was opening day, right? Yeah, that was opening day <laughs> when we went into extra innings with the Red Sox. And I was like, uh, the pitches look really good. He got he got boned by the runner on second rule and a, a little flick base hit. Like he's giving off soft contact. He's already got the inherited runner. Like you I can't was, just put that on him. I was, Don't put I, that evil on him. I was at opening day for Josh Donaldson getting that game winning hit up the middle. I lost my voice for two days just because at that point I just kept screaming, Josh, Josh. Like, oh God, I, I'm very proud to be a Josh along with Josh Donaldson. Yeah, it's a good time these days for a yeah. Yankees Josh. Uh, Josh, he's he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but like he's gotten again, off to a slow start, but he's starting to make that really good contact with the ball. Yeah, and, you, and again, and you can like, see the the yeah. next stage. You can see it. It's not like he's he looks lost up there. It's like okay, and like he's just missing on these pitches all season long. I've seen him swing at literally two pitches out of the zone too. Oh yeah, he doesn't do that. He doesn't yeah. swing. Oh, um, that one AJ, will sneak through. Oh, and AJ Hinge. Oh, you're a little bit ahead of me. Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe, maybe, right. maybe, maybe. It's right. fine. That was that was soft contact for Sevy. We're yeah, fine. Yeah, We're that, fine. That, yeah, it's fine. It's Ground a, ball. Nice. Yep. Right into where the second baseman would have been playing if there was no shift. That's fine. Yeah. That's uh, fine. While we're while we're like, I don't know how much more Yankee stock we have left to do, but I just gotta say the Tigers need a uniform upgrade real bad. Yeah, their uniform sucks, especially their road ones. I hate those grays. I kind of miss the, the mid-90s ones where they had, like, the D and the actual tire kind of going, like, whoa, like, from behind it. Yeah, they were pretty cool. I just think, like, the Detroit Tigers are just the team that are forever going to be, like, in the lower tier of uniforms. Like, yeah. it's just, what can, what can you really do? Unless you go full, like, Cincinnati Bengals, like, how much creative power do you really have with because you're not getting rid of the the old english d you're not doing that you're not getting rid of the gothic d you can't lean too far into the orange and blue just because like of the mets and it's yeah. hard and, and you can't really find like orange you can make it work with navy but it's it's not long term yeah there's only so much you can do with they, if you're the detroit tigers so the cubs the cubs have a good alternate uniform i like the blue honestly, they, could adopt, they, they could maybe reach some deal with the hanshin tigers and adopt their colors out of japan I don't know what their colors are. It's like, it's sort of like a pinstripe yellowish kind of thing. Yeah. I guess it would have to be like a whole color change for them to actually yeah. have like good uniforms. Cause that's, a, it is like the most basic uniform in major yeah. league baseball right now. I think, or like who else? Maybe the Kansas city Royals, but even they have the, the baby blues. Yeah. And their vintage road unis are really nice. Like from the, yeah, from the 80s. yeah, they are. But that's what I do when I play MLB the show. I put everyone in the retro unis. Yeah, naturally. Why? Who plays on regular uniforms in MLB The Show? That eh, like kills the entire point. Um, anyway, what else we got to talk about? Anything? 
All right, yeah, let's give credit to the bullpen. The bullpen has been fantastic early yeah. on this season. Yeah, Chapman, um, Chapman's got the usual issues, but he's he's still Chapman when he's Chapman, and his contract's expiring anyway. And Jonathan Lewise goes the closer of the future. I loved how he's like, oh, well, they haven't really approached me about an extension. Like, yeah, it's because they don't want to extend you. They have yeah. their they have a bullpen factory now. They don't have to pay you sixteen million dollars a year anymore. They can just create bullpen arms that are almost as yeah. good as you. Especially, I would even say I would go so far as to say Jonathan Lewaska is better than Aroldis Chapman, just because of the inconsistency factor with yeah. Chapman. Like if if you're just I mean, talking Laz- about Lazani is still finding his stuff this season, and it's and it's very clear that is indeed the case. But again, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he'll get there. It was short in spring training. He's still young. I mean, my, my, I do have concerns about his shoulder, but as a relief pitcher, he, he'll be fine. He'll be yeah, no, Jonathan Wise gets fine. Uh, I also, everyone's been talking about Hoy Park this year, also because of Tom Scabelli, who might be the dumbest person on earth, uh, literally got famous for being in the same room as, bo- as his boss while he won a bet, and all of a sudden he's this guy's lucky charm and goes everywhere. Um, I, I hate him. And it, the only reason he's on short porch is because I couldn't find another Yankee fan in the entire building besides Hubs. Like, we want to start a Yankee podcast. Who are we going to start it with? I don't know. How about that? How about that intern over there? You were, you were a Yankee fan intern? Yeah, that's the amount of knowledge that he has. Still complaining about Hoy Park uh, uh, when Hoy Park has been absolutely nothing. And Clay Holmes is a frontline reliever, like a high leverage elite ground ball reliever. Yeah, like that that power sinker, man. Like it, it makes you miss uh, Zach Britton a little less. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I don't even really miss Zach Britton all that much. No, after the last he, couple of years, it was like, it was time. It was time. That, yeah. That like at some point, was like, sinkers okay, are kind of, sinkers are on the way out as it is. And Not for Jonathan Loisaga. Well, that, that's what I was about to say. Those who can throw a proper sinker are so few and far between that. Yeah. Like you really got to pick and choose who's throwing it. Like, yeah. Like, and they're like, really leaning into that sweeper this year too. Is that? Oh, like, okay. uh, Yo, the yes broadcast has been on one this year. I am losing my mind with the yes broadcasts that they, the way they pan to every fly ball. I'm like, it's a 500 footer. That's a 500 footer easy. And then it's like a, it's like a can of corn for the left fielder. I'm like, take it up with with Medvin James. Take it up with Medvin. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell Medvin like, Hey, (laughs) Hey man, what's going on over there? All right. This is you even got the other week with, with Kay and Sterling and that John Carlos Stanton fly out where it was like, Oh the camera God. work was so bad that I don't know. I don't know if that was on the road or at home or if they were watching. Cause that's like broadcasting one-on-one, right? Watch the outfielder, not the ball. Well, what was worse that or the K rod thing on ESPN too. Let's talk about that for a second. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Let, 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 let's wrap with K rod. Oh my yeah. Lord. So uh, that, that yes. was, Oh my God. They, they, ESPN too. Like they caught lightning in a bottle with the Manning cast. From Cause the it's funny. Cause it's they're fantastic. funny. That's You're not why they want a football guy and you like it. Yeah, that's that's why they want ES, yeah. the Manning cast. That's why the people want it because Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are funny. They have a good time. You're sitting there with Michael Kay, who, first of all, he is a great broadcaster. Great broadcaster. I, but I've got watching him tell that, jokes okay. is like watching grass grow. I Oh my God. Did I ever tell you about the worst joke I heard Michael Kay make like ever? No. This was okay. I remember this was the this was the opening series of the 2008 season. I remember because I was watching in my college apartment. They uh, Singleton was telling some story about how someone like 
some old player from back in the day, their car broke down in the Bronx. They were very new to New York and they pretty much had to walk to Yankee Stadium and describe like, like pretty much walking blindfold because they had no idea where they were going. And then like they like kind of laugh about it. Then Singleton, Michael, if you were just blindfolded and dropped off in the middle of the Bronx, could you find your way to Yankee Stadium? K and K and the Michael K voice goes, What? I grew up here, man. Come on, it's the Bronx. This was my hood. Oh, wasn't yeah, even, no, listen. wasn't even a joke. You're just being a wise ass, and he failed listen, miserably at it. Michael K is a great play-by-play announcer. He's very good at it, and it's fine. Yes. You're just not a funny guy. And it it felt it's like really ESPN not. just sabotaging baseball because we'll get to A Rod in a second. But like, A-Rod's how did you guys himself. not realize that the reason the Manning cast worked was because Peyton and Eli are funny? They're they're jokers, and we like to make jokes about them. I, I made it through of- one inning of the K Rod broadcast because Michael K is not funny. He's calling a normal game, and Alex Rodriguez, for someone who hit 696 career home runs, won't shut up about bunting. Tell us how you really feel about that. I hate it. He just he really just got a note from ESPN like, "Hey, why don't you try to cater to like 60 year old white guys?" And he said, "Bet." Contact hitting Xander Bogarts, great defender because he's a good hitter. Uh, bunt, everyone's got a bunt. Everybody, it's sacrifice the bunt. Part, push the bunt. best part of K Rod because I I think I turned it on in, in the third inning of that Sunday night game. Best part for me was when David Ortiz showed up and was so very obviously like just appearing on his phone, his giant Samsung phone from. A he's probably sitting there being like, "This is never gonna work." And the worst part was like the ESPN broadcast was awesome. The regular yeah, one, like the regular rabbit, Sunday night baseball. Yeah, rabbit, nobody cone, complained about it. And I don't know who the other one is. When was um, when was the last time we had a Sunday night broadcast that nobody complained about? Yeah, good point. Exactly. It's been years, literal years. So, but yeah, but what, what was really funny about Ortiz dialing in, though, people like uh, try, this might be on YouTube. It was so obvious from the camera angles. He was trying to be real close. He was clearly at some bar restaurant in the yeah. Dominican Republic and just popped off to the menu. Yeah, I got to I got to hold on. I got to call in really quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they said, "Oh, David, you look relaxed." He's like, "Man, I'm in the Dominican. Of course, I'm relaxed." <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then Roger Clemens comes on, and it's he's so very like he's got a very he looks clean. terrible. Well, he's also sixty years old. Right yeah, now. but he really like even for sixty, he looked terrible. He looks like an old guy from Texas sitting in his home office. He, like that's how he, he had a very nice home video set up. But yeah, he's he's an old baseball guy catering to that crowd that he is. Yeah. is so. I was like, but that why? ESPN. We liked the Statcast broadcast that you had last year. First of all, because the crew was better, and second of all, because like you're trying to get younger fans interested in baseball. Like, show them what they want to see. Nobody wants to hear Michael K and Alex Rodriguez lie about the most productive way to score runs. Well, you got to get your first guy has to hit a single, then you have to sacrifice bunt him over to second base, and then you have to hit with runners in scoring position. Like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? That is not the best way to score runs anymore. It's just not. It just isn't, mathematically speaking. And we have a sample size of about 8 million. It was it was so bad. Get, get Cameron Maven on there. He's great. Cameron Maven has been awesome. I was really looking forward to the Ruko and Maven booth because, again, Michael Kay is a great broadcaster, but he is just not someone who I think him and Cameron Maven are going to like really vibe together because Michael K is very old school and Cameron Mabin is fun. He does like yeah, to tell he, jokes and Michael K is not a joker. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, he, for those listening right now, he called um, RBI's steaks tonight because ribeyes. Yep. Yep. That I love that great. term. 
that's that a, that's great. a good term for me. He, like, he's got this really calm, laid back nature where like it kind of makes you just want to watch a game with him out of the booth. Yeah. Go, go well, that's that's what baseball booths game. should be, and that's you know that's part of the reason I like watching the Padres so much because first of all, Don Orsillo calls a great game, but also really like does. if it's a slow game, you'll see you see what I tweeted earlier. Like Mudcat just took a, a bat out of the booth and started hitting Don Orsillo in the head with it, very light, <laughs> a light touch. But I was yeah. like, yeah, this game is going kind of slow right now. Let's get get a look in the booth. Let's tell jokes. Let's have some fun out here. Like that's what baseball should be. Michael, that would never fly with Michael K. Could you imagine if if David Cohn was in the booth or Cameron Maben and be like, "Hey, Michael, can I hit you in the head with this bat?" No, you can't. Yeah, Not a come chance. On. Come on. Again, it's just that's why I I prefer Ruko to K just because he does he gets it he gets yeah, what he baseball does. should be and it's not you know the the no cheering in the press box thing I always hated that it's like all right like how about you get me excited sitting on the couch I want to get I want to feel excited I don't want this to be like the most perfectly called Is, game ever I want wait, I want to feel Yankee, like you're invested does Yankee Stadium have that rule no cheering in the press box oh it's like that's like an unwritten rule of all journalism oh all right yeah. Yeah, all, well that, all that journalism. Sense, yeah, no yeah. cheering in the press box. Probably except under select circumstances. Like if it's the World Series and the team you're covering wins, then of course you cheer along with everyone. Oh, I don't know, man. It's They're pretty strict about it. They're pretty strict. I would say maybe like if you saw a no-hitter or a perfect game, and it's like then everybody in the press box and everybody in both booths is like, wow, we just witnessed history. Like now we can get a little bit excited about it. We'll close with this. I threw a perfect game in MLB The Show the other day. Yeah, what'd you do? Throw curveballs in the dirt and play against some twelve-year-old? No, I was. It was in uh, my franchise. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, at least you I, have to throw strikes there. Yeah, and I, and I pitch on either the hardest level or the one right below it. Who'd so, you throw it with? Scherzer. Nice. And I was out of energy for the last two outs. How many strikeouts? Twelve. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. You see a. We're gonna we keep saying we're gonna close on this, but this one we're really gonna close on. You see this 20-year-old kid in Japan through yeah. a perfect game with 19 strikeouts, comes yep. back a week later, throws eight perfect innings with like 12 strikeouts. Did the bullpen hold it? I think so, probably. I don't know. I didn't see how that game ended because the news story was like, Yeah, so far this guy's thrown 17 perfect straight innings. <laughs> and cue the Otani hype. Yeah. And First of all, like if you can do that in any league, like you're going to yeah. get that hype and uh, you probably do have nasty stuff. And he does have nasty stuff for a 20 year old. It, it is very good stuff. Um, a very good fastball. So yeah, I'm just keep an eye on him a couple years down the line. I love baseball. I love baseball. I love international baseball. All right. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there then. Uh, I'm going to have yeah. to send you this video. Cause now this video is going to be on YouTube. So everyone yeah, can, you have, can you stare have, uh, at me. You have the passwords. You can, you can upload it. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. I do have the passwords. I'm gonna have to scroll back through those texts. Uh, yeah. yeah. So now, with my exciting hand motions, can actually yeah, be seen yeah, by yeah. people. And when I get yeah, like we, really we fired talk, up, we didn't talk with our hands much this episode. Yeah, but but I did yell a lot. And when I when I get <laughs> really did. angry, it's gonna turn into like like my face turns very red when I start yelling. And Michael King angry. is as bad. Michael King is as bad as Thinman. Shut up. See y'all next week. <laughs>